Today is the introduction to our new series, Tending the Garden of Our Heart. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. Hello. Good morning. Good lunchtime. Yes, we are here <laughs> together this morning recording um, the first yes. episode in our new series, which we're both very excited about. Yes. And we spent some time talking and planning and we were like starving. Yes. So I wish you could join us because we mm-hmm. have fresh peaches and cut up summer sausage and cheese. Cheese is gone. The cheese is gone. The cheese is gone. Mm-hmm. It got it. Whenever you come to Christiana's house, <laughs> oftentimes her mom is here yes. and she's made like freshly baked scones. Which are delectable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even if Mama Kathy is not here, <laughs> we like rummage through the fridge <laughs> and find all sorts of delicious things. I remember one time before you came over, you said something about, I haven't had breakfast, but I knew it was fine. You'd have something at your <laughs> house that I could eat. <laughs> well, I think I asked, like, <laughs> can I expect yes, something? Because there's yes. a few times that I yes. ate breakfast and then I regretted it. Right. I was like, gosh, I wish I was more hungry. Like, this I is know. amazing. I know. Yes. There's always food here. Yes. I Always. Especially being mm-hmm. pregnant. And I just don't stop eating. So, yeah. That's exciting. Yes. So, welcome to the Moo Lily podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're on iTunes and all our troubles are behind us. Yes. We had a very turbulent summer with we iTunes. Have. Um, but our fearless producer from Wooten Media <laughs> worked tirelessly. <laughs> it was much more complicated than everybody anticipated. And we are back. We're back. Better than ever. Yes. So you should check out Wooten Media. Yep. He's on Instagram. You can see all many pictures and clips from his uh, amazing wedding videos. Yep. And such. Um, you should check us out on check Instagram. Out, check us out too. Yes. And Facebook and Twitter uh-huh. and maybe even Pinterest. Mm-hmm. By the time this airs. Where <laughs> These are hopeful pr- prophetic projections into yes. the future. <laughs> <laughs> we are we're like working out in the realm of social media. We are not very strong, but Mm-mm. we are gaining in knowledge and strength mm-hmm. and grace. That's my biblical. Sometimes I like to say things in a very biblical sort of yeah, way, was, especially when it's really beautiful. inappropriate. Like if it's about <laughs> cheese. Yeah. You know, it just social media delights my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um fun new update. Um, a few weeks ago, you remember oh. the delightful Lauren Plemons mm-hmm. was a guest on our podcast talking yes. about friendship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm pleased to announce, I don't know if you remember, she referenced the man that she was dating and a journey with, you know, having a broken heart. And many of us can relate to that. Well, she is now engaged. Her delightful fiance, Patrick, um, proposed to her and it was so romantic and so beautiful and they're so cute together so we're very very excited for them just thought you might be interested to know that's important information Mm -hmm. we love updates 
Absolutely. It's like when you watch a documentary and at the end, they sh- they say like, you know, 10 years later when they got out of jail, they now have a successful business yeah. making cupcakes. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they did it. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love that. Such a happy mm-hmm. mo- movement in her story. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, I want to clarify one thing. Please do. In Australia, we say heart. That's all. Because <laughs> I'm going to be saying that word a lot in this series. <laughs> Tending the garden of your heart just doesn't <laughs> sound right. But I often feel the need uh-huh. to say that. Uh-huh. Like when I'm speaking to an American and I don't feel like they understand me, I speak I a bit louder <laughs> and I emphasize my R's. And I've just resolved in my heart that I'm not going to do that. Okay. So I, I really, I think that's a good choice. So don't be confused. Yeah. Heart means heart. heart. I understand. <laughs> I, and I understand that tension. There were times when I lived in London where I, I needed to communicate something and you feel that pressing need to like change the way you say a mm-hmm. word because you so want to be understood. Yeah. You know, so Baldwin is the classic one. The way right. we say Baldwin is sort of very inside your mouth. Mm-hmm. So I learned very quickly, particularly on the phone, to say Baldwin. <laughs> but then I remember doing it when I was in England. Somebody didn't understand me. And so I ramped up my American and they looked at me <laughs> like, oh, no, sorry, Baldwin. Baldwin. It's just a totally different vowel. It is. Baldwin as opposed mm-hmm. to Baldwin. The A is so different. It's so different. I know. And every time we pull up in your driveway, all the kids go, the Baldwin. <laughs> like we can hear James like cheerfully, hello, yeah. just bursting out the door. Kind of has the energy of your family Aww, when we hooray. pull up. Yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I can imagine your kids getting the accent. We're, we're working on it with them. Mm-hmm. My brother and I used to be obsessed with accents and we would practice them on people that we didn't know and pretend we were, <laughs> say, from Ireland or something. Right. And we would just do a whole bit. I kind of can't believe we did that, but I would do it today. So I guess (laughs) (laughs) you can't believe it. Whatever. (laughs) Like, what were we thinking? It was fun though. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go out to lunch with you and see if you can be Australian for like a full. I can't. That's the one accent that's evaded me. I said that before. I don't think I've listened to enough because it's all about hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing and repeating. And I don't think I've listened to enough Australian shows or known mm. enough Aussies to be able to nail it. That's a shame. I'm sorry. Yeah. You need to watch a bit of Home and Away or <laughs> Country Practice, <laughs> Blue Healers. <laughs> They'll sort you out. <laughs> They'll sort me out real good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. So, Christiana, can you tell us about the metaphor of this new series so it's called tending the garden of your heart where does the concept of the garden come from and how does it relate to our hearts yeah i think that understanding your heart your life your soul your emotions your mental health in terms of a garden is an accessible metaphor or analogy however you want to look at it and it's something that the lord has used to communicate with his people for a very, very long time. And it's been used in many cultures and in many faiths as well. I think because it's so accessible, I think that we can understand, even people who live in the city, 
kind of what does a garden need in order Mm -hmm. to grow and thrive and be maintained? That there's things you have to do with the soil to enrich it, to keep it healthy. There's things you have to do in terms of planting um, in seasons at certain times of year. There's planting that happens. There's weeding that happens. Mm -hmm. There's watering. There's sunshine. There's all these elements that are needed Mm -hmm. in order for a garden to produce fruit. So I think it's just something that we can very easily wrap our minds around looking at our overall well-being and especially our hearts. Um, I think it's been for years the Lord has spoken to me that way specifically about things in my heart using sort of that picture. Mm -hmm. And it's been something that I've been able to understand in my limited understanding. (laughs) You know, it's easy to, it's easy to understand. Mm -hmm. So as we, I love this, have decided to talk about self-care sort of within this picture of the garden and look at it through all aspects of our physical well-being, emotional and mental and our spiritual and sort of begin to explore what is it that we need Mm -hmm. and how do we tend the garden in order to not just produce fruit, which I feel like probably on multiple blogs I've talked about, it's like this intangible thing. What is fruit? Do I have it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Measuring fruit. And then we get caught up in perfectionism and success versus Mm -hmm. failure. And how much fruit do I have? Is it enough? Should I have more fruit? I mean, we Mm -hmm. can go through all these spirals, but in terms of a healthy, thriving garden, or even one that's being gently cultivated in the right direction yeah that's been through intense trauma or famine or mm-hmm. plague or drought or um, yeah. infestations of insects you know, like yeah. whatever you need to yes. connect with uh-huh. to say how do we begin to gently tend this garden so I think I just said like 50 things and my pregnant brain's like I would like a cherry right now I don't know what's <laughs> happening I don't know where I am <laughs> so yeah, we're with you feedback Christina yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. Um, I think you're right that whether we are gardeners ourselves or mm-hmm. just like flowers, everybody yes. can relate to the idea um, that it's it's a process. It's an ongoing thing. You don't yeah. just plant a seed and then forget about it. You yep. have to be very engaged in the process. And there's, as you mentioned, there are so many factors, like so mm-hmm. many different elements that have to be engaged. Um, the other thing... I think is important to, to note it, as we look at the, the analogy of a garden is seasons. Mm-hmm. So there are some seasons where it's completely necessary and appropriate for there to be nothing, for there to be essentially death Yes. in that place. Um, and that as we look at our hearts, um, our emotional states, our physical health, um, the seasons of relationships and work and babies and all of those yes. things, um, there are times where the Lord actually prunes things and mm-hmm. takes things away where there is there is death, there is the loss, there is grief, and that is okay. Yeah. Um, Pruning is so vitally important to the health of a plant. In order to actually right. have a healthy plant, you have mm-hmm. to prune. And I, I think even if it's hard to begin wrapping your head around pruning a tree or why do you do that? And what does that mean spiritually? I'd love to think about tomato plants yeah. kind of on a small scale because a tomato plant will produce 30 little blossoms. Mm-hmm. And if you let all of them continue growing, you'll just have a bunch of really small tomatoes that don't grow very healthy. So we would call those little blossoms suckers. And so we would go in and pick off suckers that grew on sort of these weak little branches right you pick those ones off Mm -hmm. you don't want a tomato on that branch and on the healthier stronger branches so there i think 
to even start thinking now about pruning emotionally, pruning those seasons are very hard. Mm-hmm. But to begin understanding, it's for the health and life of the, the plant itself yeah. to grow healthy and strong. The Bible talks about, um, I think it was it was the words of Jesus that the Father prunes away even yeah. the things that bear fruit. Yes. That there are areas of our life that are flourishing, that we have, yeah. quote unquote, fruit, yep. success. Um, and God says, you know what, that's... That's this is the end of that season, and I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna cut that off, even though it was healthy and vibrant and full of color and joy, for the sake of the plant, for the longevity of it, for the yep. health and the ongoing growth and development. Um, I think the Lord has a perspective and a long view range of our lives that we just will never have. Absolutely. We will never fully appreciate. Uh, so we need to trust Him as the yes. gardener and stay connected to Him. So on that note, I'd like to read a scripture. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It will not be a new (laughs) section of scripture for most (laughs) of us, but it's been a long time since I've I've read through this, and I just think it's – I feel prophetically – I don't want to speak on behalf of the Lord, but I I feel like this is something that the Lord will use to really stir something in our heart and and speak to us. So – Here we go. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain for their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift of God. I love that passage. Yeah, so just if you if you're listening to this and you want to write it down, this is Ecclesiastes verse three, sorry, chapter three, verses one to twelve. So I think the question that I've I've been asking as I as I prepare this and I encourage you to do the same is what time mm-hmm. are you in? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a short term question and then there's a long term yeah. question like. I am in the season of motherhood mm-hmm. and that's going to be for the next, I mean, the rest of my life, yeah. but it's going to be my full-time gig, very hands-on for the next, you know, 18 years, probably. My youngest child mm-hmm. is two. Um, that's not like a season like the next three months, <laughs> but um, like my... I'm going to talk about this more later, but my fourth child has 
um, a congenital heart defect. And so mm-hmm. there's been a season, there's been like a three, three and a half year process of him having very high level of care. He'll mm-hmm. have three open heart surgeries. He has uh, medications to be monitored. He has extra appointments. And w- at one point we had home care visits and there's been all sorts of things with that. But that's not going to last for the next 18 years. That is a shorter season mm-hmm. of his life. Um, yeah. And for me, <laughs> um, we, I also am in the season of motherhood. Mm-hmm. I have a baby in my belly right now. So it's going to be a, you know, a little while for me as well before mm-hmm. <laughs> my focus shifts from that intense sort of care. So that's happening. And then I think I'm also in a season of parenting where I have a child who's really struggling in some places. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are those seasons where everybody's kind of okay as much as anyone's ever okay. Yeah. And then there are seasons where one of those little people or maybe more need some intensive help. They need some intervention. Yeah. So you kind of are swinging the focus of your thoughts and your heart towards that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also in this season. Well, pregnancy is a season. I don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of seasons happening right now. My husband and I are going through a process of recovery in our marriage, mm-hmm. um, both s- doing a lot of counseling, doing a lot of work, working on the things that are that are broken, that are that are dysfunctional, that needs health and life yeah. and renewal and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of intensive. It's just emotionally. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know gardening wise what that would look like, mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking. I feel like we're pruning and we're planting and we're digging up the soil. You know, there's the the whole garden's being overworked. And even more than that, and the Lord has used this picture for probably like the last two years now where if I think about the garden of my heart, there's a very large section that's dead, that's Mm -hmm. walled. And there's a dead wow. garden in there. And yep. probably that's my my heart and my marriage and, and other aspects as well. Um, and so he's been talking to me about that dead garden that's been nighttime. It's like it's been dark for mm. a very long time. And yeah. how the sun's starting to rise and things are coming back to life. So, so maybe there's some tearing down. Yeah. That wall. Walls. Yeah. yeah. Slowly coming mm-hmm. down. But Yeah. So I think that... Our seasons can be so different because if you ask me even a year ago, the season I was in was really different, but that's where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit in a season of, of silence and a season of kind of, of waiting. Um, we talked about this at the end of the last series. Um, we felt Larissa was leading the way with this. Um, we felt like over the summer that we were to have Mm -hmm. some rest. Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely where I've been at. And it's, it's really interesting because there's been a bunch of stuff that's come up that if I was, oh my goodness, yes, back to back, uh, scheduled and busy and emotionally engaged, I wouldn't have had the capacity for. So we, uh, my husband and I run a little business that we just started. So it's already, it was tender, it was fragile mm-hmm. and small, but we had, um, we had a particular staff member who we had invested quite a lot of money into bringing in mm-hmm. to help grow. And for, for f- many different reasons, some we may not ever understand. He, um, I want to honor him because we love him and his family, but he made some really, really bad choices that was very destructive. Uh, we almost went out of business. And yeah. so my husband is 
is working faithfully oh. to build it back up. And yeah. Um, so there was a financial stress to that. There mm. was a, a emotional burden, and then just time. Like just James is just having to work mm-hmm. long hours, uh, well into the evening, getting up early. Um, he's much much more hands on with a bunch of things that he had been able to step back from and delegate. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was kind of the wisdom of the Lord in that. One of the the things I was thinking about when I think about gardening, my um, my ancestors, the Parnwells, mm-hmm. Parnwells, <laughs> um, care to spell that? <laughs> are from Cambridge, England, mm. and they were farm laborers. Mm. So they didn't own their own land, but they farmed the common land to provide for their family and to produce some crops that they would then sell. To um, <coughs> So my dad would always say, Parnwells are diggers. <laughs> and my brothers would like roll their eyes and we all hated digging. My dad loved it though. And he was so a really, funny. really good gardener. And this summer is the first time um, that I've planted seeds. Mm. So I love flowers. I've dabbled in vegetable gardens, but it just seems like so much work. <laughs> she has expressed so her little disinterest <laughs> for you. Have you know, I can go to Aldi and pay a dollar <laughs> right. for a bag of carrots or I can work for two months and beat the rabbits and the squirrels and <laughs> spray so stuff. And anyway. Um, and I kind of felt the same way about seeds. I was like, why would I start in March and do it inside and then transplant them? And then like this whole thing, it just seems like so much work. But somebody bought me a bunch of seeds. My birthday is in April. Mm. So I often get plant related things for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> my husband. Um, so this is so a PSA sweet. to Christina's friends. <laughs> just lay off with the plant stuff, okay? Unless, Unless it's fully grown. <laughs> if it's a pot that's like established and I can put it on my front step, I would love that. Or if you're going to bring that fruit tree and dig the hole yeah, and uh-huh. plant it for me, then but I will love you forever. You're a digger, Christina. So anyway, <laughs> I'm losing track. This year, I I planted, I built like a whole new, like dug up the grass. You sure did. And I put an edging around it and I put stones and I planted my seeds and I have watered them morning and night all summer mm. and it is stinking hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just now seeing a couple of flowers. So mm-hmm. the plants came up, you know, within a few weeks, little green seedlings and they've they've grown some of them i planted i didn't know they were vines so they're just on the ground like sprawling all over the place (laughs) which is not ideal so metaphorically also know what you're planting yeah right Mm -hmm. Mm, that's deep yeah (laughs) anyway i thought that it would be like a nice therapeutic kind of a (laughs) summer restful activity Mm. and going and watering them and sort of checking on them is nice but Mm -hmm. the digging man it is hard work yes it is we we did organic gardening growing up wow so i grew up we would dress in rags me and my siblings and pretend we were slaves <laughs> which i don't want to get into maybe how politically insensitive and inappropriate that is your but family your <laughs> take on life is just always it so is, unique it's it hilarious it, it was enjoyable it wasn't where i thought you were going <laughs> but you know, we pretended it was like a mine that we had to work in. Yeah. Because you have to get up early to water because it's so mm. hot in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but I, I love gardening and my ancestors, so I'm half Sicilian, and they worked on, I think, 
all of like vineyards, wow. different vineyards mm-hmm. back in good old Sicily. But I, there's something about seeing it through from seed to right. bloom or fruit to harvest, to yeah. harvest time. Um, that's a really interesting journey, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and it's and there is there is a lot of waiting. Uh-huh. Like there's a lot of work all the way along. Yes. But often you don't see no. what you're building for a long time. Yes. I planted these bulbs. They're called elephant ears. They're these big oh, yes. leaves. Yeah. I bought three packs, so I had I don't know, twelve ish. And only two of them. Only two of them came up initially, and then another one came up right next to the other one, even though I planted them very exactly <laughs> like six <laughs> inches apart. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> so that's the other thing. I feel like the Lord is like when you look at the seasons, it's very systematical. Yeah. But the process is not like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like mathematical it's not a in formula its precision. Yeah, yeah there's not like exact if you yeah. do this this is what's going to happen there's like yep. an element of faith there's an element of let's see what happens things don't always happen the way you expect them to even if you do everything right yep. and i think that's so indicative of our lives mm-hmm. like we can research we can think it through we can pray we can connect with the right people we can spend the money and then things don't pan out the way we feel whether it's with our health or whether it's with a job or a project that we're working on um and i just think like everything it's so important to step back and um stay connected with our own heart okay what Mm -hmm. why is this making me so angry like what was my expectation or what was my hope that i placed in this thing yeah and also stay connected to the lord like Okay, you witness this process. Speak to me about what you see because what I see is extremely hurtful or extremely disappointing or extremely whatever the, your response might be. Um, the Lord yeah. is with you and wants to be near in that process. Yeah, I'm reminded, as always, of Sungshim talking about specifically marriage, but it applies to life about how a good, a healthy marriage is in the absence of conflict. And right. so uh, being able to have your heart sustained Mm -hmm. and be okay in the midst of everything being wrong. And that's something that we really want to look at in this series is how Mm -hmm. there are so many times in your life, basically all of your life, but specifically there are times where you cannot control your external circumstances. Mm -hmm. So maybe that really crappy job you have, that's not going to go away Uh or something that's really broken in a relationship where you can only do your part Mm -hmm. or whatever the circumstances may be really hard trying things. So how do we tend the gardens of our hearts in the midst of those circumstances Mm -hmm. and situations? Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. So this summer, um, in my sort of season of being intentionally restful cutting back on activities and engaging more with my family and with the Lord. Um, Several people recommended this book by Mark Buchanan and it's called The Rest Mm. of God. And it's, it speaks to, it's a play on word. It speaks to, we, we miss out on so much of who Mm. God is because there isn't any stillness. There Mm -hmm. isn't any listening in our lives. There's so much, even when we are, um, spending time with God or we are worshiping or whatever, there's just so much traffic in our mind and in our heart. 
um, we're not we're not getting the whole of the Lord, the rest of Him. Plus, we're not receiving rest for our soul. And it was it has been. I'm not finished with it. It has been such a good book. Mm. And I came across this um, passage last night, and he's talking about the commandment of taking a Sabbath. So the Ten Commandments are actually in the Bible twice, once in Exodus and once in Deuteronomy. Right. And in Exodus, so he refers to them as the twins. Hmm. You know how twins, identical twins, they are exactly the same DNA, but they have slight mm-hmm. differences like their mannerisms or the, the way they hold themselves, their posture or um, the inflection in their laugh or whatever is unique. They are they are two separate people, and mm-hmm. that's what he's saying about these commands. They are, it's the same command. You, you, he, God is commanding us to step back one day a week and rest, to engage with Him and abide with Him. But the first time, the the reason, the example that He gives is Himself. He says, mm. "I took six days to create the world, and on the seventh day I rested." So you need to do this because I did this. I am your example. Mm. And in the Deuteronomy case, he talks about how he delivered us uh, from slavery. He brought us out of Egypt um, to live a full life with him. And so this is what I want to read to you. And I, it's, it's speaking specifically to rest, which I think as we talk about tending the garden of our heart, we talk about self-care is mm-hmm. a very important thing to talk about. But I feel like this principle of taking hold of the things that the Lord has delivered us from and not inadvertently mm-hmm. choosing them again or right. going back to those things. Um, so, Christiana, will you read that for us? I will. Deuteronomy, the other twin, gives a different rationale for keeping Sabbath. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You were once slaves. There was once a day you were denied any choice in this matter. Rest? Work? There was no option. The choice was made for you day in, day out. The point was reinforced with bullwhips in case you missed it or were the least inclined to ignore it. The point was you worked, period. Rest was for other people. Rest was for Pharaoh. But Pharaoh couldn't rest if you didn't work. He had such overlarge ambitions, so many things he wanted to accomplish, so many tall, pointy monuments he wanted to be remembered by. Somebody had to do it. That somebody, that nobody, was you. And to make sure you did it and didn't ever, ever, ever slack off. He placed taskmasters over you to smile sinister smiles and clench their forearms into tight braids of muscle whenever you looked even the tiniest bit as if you might sit down a spell. That's what life was like before. God drowned them all. He smote them. He went to extravagant lengths, a full-scale house of horrors with swarms of gnats, blood-thick waters, hailstones large and hard as fists, and, as a showstopper, a collapsing wall of sea, just to remove that scourge from among you, to take you away from it and it away from you. Remember? Was there something about those days for which you were nostalgic? Is there something back there you miss? Are you lonely tonight? Mooning for all those galley masters and pit guards, longing for the sting of their whips and their curses? Here's the logic of the Sabbath command in Deuteronomy. Don't revive what God has removed. 
Don't gather and piece back together what God smashed and scattered. Don't place yourself in a yoke that God broke and tossed off with his own hands. Just as we ought not to pull asunder what God has joined, so we ought not to join what God has pulled asunder. If you loathe life under the threats and taunts and beatings of taskmasters, why reprise it? Because that's what the refusal to rest amounts to, living as though the taskmasters still hover and glower, ever ready to thrash us for the smallest sign of slowing down. It is to strive and toil as though we have no choice, as if we'll be punished otherwise. To refuse Sabbath is in effect to spurn the gift of freedom. It is to resume willingly what we once cried out for God to deliver us from. It is choosing what once we shunned. Slaves don't rest. Slaves can't rest. Slaves, by definition, have no freedom to rest. Rest, it turns out, is a condition of liberty. God calls us to live in the freedom that he won for us with his own outstretched arm. Sabbath is a refusal to go back to Egypt. That's Deuteronomy. So powerful. I have goosebumps. It's amazing. Just the the concept that, um, I don't know. There's so many things I could say. <laughs> it's really <laughs> deep. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Well, that rest is something that you can only have if you are free. Yeah. And that. I don't know. I think there are times in my life that I would have heard that and just felt so overwhelmed and discouraged mm. because freedom felt unattainable. Mm-hmm. Or freedom was something that it was like, why, Lord, you have won this for me, but I, I feel so bound mm-hmm. right now. And so if that's you, I want to validate that uh, response in your heart. Yeah. Um, but I also want to encourage you to to continue to lean in and take hold of the things that the Lord is offering you to not lose, lose heart. Mm -hmm. I think about what am I enslaved to? Is it called perfectionism? Mm. You know, what are the things where I feel that bondage, those broken things that I'm still answering to instead of answering to freedom? where I'm still in process, Mm -hmm. where I'm still working and out with the Lord. And I think as women, we have such a struggle to have compassion on ourselves, to not have unrealistic standards and expectations, and to rest, to allow ourselves to rest. And partially because we are enslaved to other things. Mm -hmm. Other things are our master. Yeah. It's so unintentional. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> it's. It doesn't feel like a choice. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm choosing mm-hmm. to answer to this other thing. Yeah. But by not tending the garden of my heart, by not caring for myself, my body, or my emotions, or my my mental health, or whatever aspect it is, I'm not choosing liberty. I think sometimes we we think as believers that knowing God and going, yep, I love the Lord and I choose God, that everything might just resolve itself. Yeah. Where it takes so much intentionality. And it's, he is a God who desires relationship. 
And it's that process of mm-hmm. walking it out with him in which we come to know him. Yeah. We, we grow in our capacity to hear him. Just mm-hmm. everything that we, I think, encourage cultivating on Moolily. <laughs> you know, like the yeah. message of Moolily. That happens in the process, in the mess, and in the chaos. Mm-hmm. And we so struggle to allow ourselves to rest yeah, because of those things that we let drive us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, like, um, I keep referring to this season that the Lord has called me to rest because it hasn't felt very restful. Like it's been very, very busy summertime with my kids and yeah. um, the activity and the heat. But I, I have sort of deliberately chosen just a couple of small things. And I want to encourage you to go um, to read through the scripture and to, to ask the Lord the specific question. Ask him, what time am I in? Yeah. Um, take some time to reflect and to look around you and, and to invite the Holy Spirit to speak into that, to give you his perspective. And then with that knowledge, what is he calling you to yeah. do? So um, I sat down with a mentor of mine and I said, you know, I'm, I, we're coming up to Hartman's um, last major surgery. And at that point, I was feeling super anxious about mm-hmm. it. And I said, I want to put a strategy in place and I want to pray and I want to fast. and I want to do these things X, Y, Z through the summer so that I'm like ready for it. But in, in my process of doing that, it didn't feel mm-hmm. peaceful. It didn't feel yeah. motivated by the Lord. It felt motivated by my anxiety right and I wanted to do yeah. something to yeah. fix it and I was going to do something spiritual because that's the right, right thing to do you know <laughs> exactly um, yeah. and she I mean just very graciously um, processed with me and we prayed together we did a listening prayer process thing and um, I felt called by the Lord to listening that mm-hmm. it wasn't about I'm really good at like getting stuff done mm-hmm. in prayer. Like that's like a task, hmm. which is is appropriate and valuable in a certain place. But that's not that's not the whole picture of what prayer is meant to be. Yeah. I felt like the Lord was calling me to this kind of stillness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how the heck am I meant to do that? Like even the Lord inviting me to listen was like, I just have so little like quiet time yeah. in my life. Yeah. And so... Um, two things came up. One was in a literal sense to listen, to get some audio books, listen to some podcasts, mm-hmm. find some things that I can have access to that I don't have to sit down and have quiet, yeah. but to be able to yeah. sort of feed my soul. And the second thing was to make an appointment. So this is what I've done. Um, sometimes it's my husband on the weekend or sometimes it's a babysitter during the week, but I have like a date with Jesus. I have one time nice. a week where I go out for like two or three hours Um we, I live in Kansas City where we have this incredible prayer room, <laughs> um, which is just such a gift. Uh, and I take advantage of that when I can. I go and sit in the prayer room and I, I listen to the Lord. Sometimes I'll go for a walk. Sometimes I'll just in the evening when my husband is working and my kids are in bed. I find that's often kind of a hard time to still. Yes, yes it is. My heart and my mind. But every now and then I feel the Lord kind of call me into that and I, I take advantage of it and there's no expectation. There's no, I don't have to journal three pages. I don't have to finish this study guide or read that chapter. I'm just, just hanging out with the Lord. And so, um, just that one thing, 
Like I don't yeah. have to have a quiet time every day and I, I don't have to do X, Y, Z. This is the grace that I felt like the Lord was calling me into. Yes. Has given me uh, insight into other areas that need uh-huh. attention or other areas yeah. that um, I needed to reflect. So like just having that space to reflect mm-hmm. in my heart has prepared me emotionally for going into this season of surgery with Hartman. Nothing has changed in that situation, but my heart has changed yes um so if i can just give that to you as an example that's not the standard give up on perfectionism (laughs) (laughs) that's not perhaps what the lord is calling you to do um but give yourself um grace you know listen to the lord and then do what he's calling you to do not not some external standard that other people are doing or that um, you have put on yourself. Yeah, I think that's the practice of holding space for yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is a big thing that my husband is really learning to do is to hold space, what it means to hold space for your spouse, for them to be able to feel and express whatever it is. And it's there's better words for it. But I think that's that's the practice of actually holding space for yourself. Yeah. And in turn, it's holding space for the Lord. Yeah. And letting him hold space for you, which mm-hmm. he does beautifully and perfectly. But so whatever it is that it's going to look like for you, but to allow yourself to hold space for yourself in that place yeah. and that stillness, I was reminded of. So my daughter, Tansy, is the one who's really struggling right now. And I had weeks of every night and I have insomnia and lots of sleep problems being pregnant, but I would find myself just for over an hour kind of in this worried prayer mode just yeah. all my anxiety mm-hmm. and it just kind of went on for weeks and and finally when I stopped you know and listened <laughs> which is prayer is a dialogue you know but yes, so when I actually absolutely. stopped my like constant <sighs> I felt the Lord just so quietly say you sound like you don't think I'm going to answer your prayer but more than that, you sound to me, Christiana, my dear, like you think that my response is based on your level of continued, ongoing, anxious prayer. Like somehow your continued, ongoing, right. anxious prayer. If you stop praying, then he's going to stop helping you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I don't know that I've ever, I know a lot of people who feel that for many, many reasons where that's, that's been built into their spiritual system, you know, right. by bad stuff. And in a lot of ways I have. I don't know that I've operated in that, but I so do with my kids. Mm. And the, that as soon as he spoke, I just released it, which is something I really struggle with. So I don't yeah. know how that would happen, but I'm just too pregnant to carry that. He thinks that's what it is. Well, no, the Lord, that was a divine moment. <laughs> the was. Lord led you to a place where he gave you revelation, yeah. where he was able to take it from you. You can't manufacture that. No. Absolutely not. So it wasn't about you being no. able to do that. That was no. the goodness of the Lord. It was. And so just letting it go, and from that time on, my heart's been so much more peaceful, Mm -hmm. and I think I've been holding space for myself in relation to those emotions about my daughter. So it's now that place of stillness where it's just quiet, where Mm -hmm. if I'm having anxiety or anything is starting, those emotions are coming, I'm now able to hold this peaceful space for myself to just Mm -hmm. be with the Lord concerning my daughter. So I think that that is really an integral thing mm-hmm. that we're trying to describe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of this 
the show I watched on Netflix that's about interior design. <laughs> it was really profound. It's called Abstract. You should all go and watch it. Yeah. There's one episode, episode yeah. that's this uh, several different types of design, but there's this one episode on interior design, which is something I love. And she talks about contrast and contrast is so valuable it's not just a visual thing um but you don't appreciate a surface oh. or a, a fabric or a you know a tile or a stone or whatever um the quality and the substance of it until it's contrast like yes. rough doesn't feel rough unless it's next to something smooth yes and i th i think as it relates to our emotions i don't hear the turmoil or the, the anxious swirl until it was contrasted with the stillness and the uh -huh. peace that I encountered in the presence of God. Uh -huh. And then I became aware of the traffic in my mind and in my heart yeah. and I, I'm able to choose something else. Whereas before I, I wasn't able to choose, I didn't have yeah. that clarity. I didn't have that self-awareness, which I think is um, something that you you can only have if you're able to kind of have that stillness, even for a short amount of time. Yeah. To be able to know what's going on, yeah. And I think as as women, as as moms, as as people that are carrying the loads for other people, and mm -hmm. and we're busy doing other things, it's it's really difficult um, to to step back and have that self awareness. But I think it's actually really mm -hmm. essential. I agree. And it's um, it's a discipline that we need to develop. And I have found so much fruit <laughs> in such a short <laughs> amount of time from from making that choice yeah and changing things in my schedule and disciplining myself to listen to the lord wow the life the nourishment that it has brought to my soul is just yeah been there's there's something about consistency with gardening mm -hmm. and some of us struggle with it some of us it's really we have strength and structure and other people are way more spontaneous but yeah. i think that it's it's actually discipline we're all called to have and it will look different for each of us but it's the consistency yeah. of tending that garden whatever it means to you in your own individual life mm -hmm. do not feel pressured <laughs> yes <laughs> so listeners please do not feel pressured but there's a consistency and I think maturity is mm -hmm. grown in that consistency yeah. and in establishing those healthy patterns and in creating new, you know, brain channel, I forget the word, <laughs> pregnant, creating those new Neuro pathways. Yeah, pathways and, yeah. and it takes time yeah. to do those things, but that consistency and being able to access that place of stillness mm -hmm. as well. And for some people, it'll be a bigger struggle, struggle than others for different reasons, but there's a consistency in that. Yeah. And I was thinking too, this is random, but it's not about seasons and knowing when you're talking about the couple points that the Lord had kind of showed you, knowing the season that you're in mm -hmm. and the place that you're in and just being so aware to not compare it to previous seasons. Yeah. I think that's something point. we all struggle with, especially mm -hmm. as moms who in our 20s had a very different life. Yeah. Or teens. I don't know how old you were when you got married, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or pre children. Yeah that be aware of your capacity again mm -hmm. and the difference don't compare yeah i have a friend who's a wonderful proponent for me of christiana your season is so different mm -hmm. because i've got this expectation like yes but i, I did all these things i know i'm capable uh. and she's like sure 
minus the four kids and yeah. pregnant belly, uh-huh. but I should still be able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It's a different season. Yeah. So that, that comparison that we do with other people, we also do with ourselves. Yeah. So just to don't underestimate how important it is to really hear the Lord tell you where you are and just give you revelation of what it looks like at this moment in time. Mm-hmm and let go of that desire to compare to what you know you're capable of doing minus whatever it is that you're not doing. (laughs) Yes. It was on my heart. Yeah, that's good. I think that's very, very important. Well said. Mm. Thanks. Thanks. So here's our assignment for you. Yes. Go and ask the Lord, Mm -hmm. what time are you in? Yeah. And... What is he calling you to do? Yeah. We have a great season coming up. I we know do. I say that every time. <laughs> but I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. We have a couple of new guests we've never had. Yeah. We have a couple of old guests who are fabulous. Yes. And I'm excited to have them back. Um, we're going to be talking about food. Yes. We're going to be talking about forgiveness. We're going to be talking about relationships and emotional self-care uh, there's just going to be a lot of very pertinent, very, um, I just feel like several people share from their own life in mm-hmm. such a beautiful way that's very validating and also very inspiring. Like, okay, if she can do that, if she can walk through that yeah. and come out with this level of sweetness in her spirit, then the Lord is able to do that for me, you know, and that's what I, that's what I want you to hear yes. when you listen to these women hear of the faithfulness of God and hear of the promises that he has answered and will answer for you too. So well said, friend. That was everything that I wanted to say. It's so beautifully said. Well, <laughs> thank you. Now I can just say I'm excited for this series. Yeah. <laughs> for all of those reasons that Christina just <laughs> Great. So yeah. stay with us. Yeah. And we will see you again. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Bye.